as I was watching, hello guys. <laughs> as I was watching, oh, uh, you know what? Fucking fucking entrance what music. Oh right, that was my job. Love and music. Love, love and music. I was like, love and music. Love and love and mercy. Entrance oh. music for jo- future John editing because oh, yeah. Edit that insert the, insert the clip of Grace singing now. <laughs> Hello and welcome to QSAC to Future. This is another, <laughs> this is another drunk ass episode. We're your hosts. I'm Grace. My name is John. And we're drunk because yep. this fucking movie was two hours and one minute. One yeah. goddamn minute. If it was just two hours, we would have been fine. Because my ass was like any movie over two hours. Not two it's hours a... and more, but over two hours. And because this thing was two hours and one minute we're drunk now fuck this movie was rough yeah um as going into it i knew that this was a drinking movie not because it's sad which it is um because any we've established that any movie over two hours it's we're gonna turn into a drinking movie yeah and and i think any movie over two hours is just kind of a rough one to sit through especially with my fucking attention span right now but yeah were you drinking throughout the movie no i went i was i I was like oh maybe and then i went through the house and we had like half a bottle of wine and one fucking blue moon that tastes like jasmine and i'm like well this is it (laughs) this is what happens i'm all let me save this shit for later and then I watched the movie sober, and I was just like, I'm still an emotional wreck. I'm going to be more of an emotional wreck because I'm drunk now, bitch. Yeah. I was trying to think while watching. I was just, because I was already drinking, but I was like, like we like we did for 2012. I was Ugh. like, we should have a drinking game what? that what? we could provide rules for. But I was just like, no. It's sad. It's this a, is just it's sad. A... This is not fun drinking. This is just sad. And I no, thought, I don't what to... could we do? I was just like, we could take a drink anytime you're sad, but then that's the natural reaction that happens anyway. So it's like, okay, anytime that they say each other's names, which I did notice a lot that they mm-hmm. said each other's names. So again, the premise of the movie, what the fuck is the movie? Love and, I was going to say love and magic. Love and mercy. <laughs> <laughs> love and mercy. Which is based off of Brian Wilson from Brian, the Beach Boys. Beach Boys. Right. And his story, which I vaguely knew about, but honestly did not know anything about coming into this movie or what, what happened to the Beach Boys and what happened specifically to him. And like mm-hmm. the whole time I was like, oh God, I hope this is fictionalized. And then I saw a piece of trivia that said, this is downplayed to make it seem more real. And I was like, holy fuck, I hope you're okay, dude. Yeah, and the, like they showed that clip of him at the end singing, and Ugh. I was just like, "Oh, Ugh. like how did you feel about the casting of this movie?" Because like, I think both Brian Wilson's what was his name, Paul Dano. What else is he in? He was in the movie Looper, and he's going to be the Riddler in the next uh, Batman movie. I feel like he was. Uh, he was also in that movie with uh, Hugh Jackman. Where um, his daughter goes missing, and then they think it's uh, Paul Dano's character who takes them. I don't know that fucking movie. What? But yeah, he's been in a lot, and he's he's very in, he's very intense or very. Uh... Was he in Little Miss Sunshine? Was he the little goth boy? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's the only movie I've seen him in, and so to see him in this character, and he's playing like the young Brian Wilson, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the movie has. 
two timelines, the young Brian Wilson when he's going through the first part of his mental illness slash mental decline. Mm-hmm. And then we have older Brian Wilson who is getting like towards the end of like his adult life and the manipulation that was happening around him by yeah. his doctor. And it's It's, to yeah. see the two timelines of like the before and the after and not to get anything in the middle mm-hmm. which is again like there was 30 minutes of like oh from of the three stages of his life and they're like yo we gotta take out that middle stage because it's too depressing it's too much and I was like oh my god this poor guy I hope I hope he's happy now and, because, like, and well taken care of there was nothing good that they showed Ugh. in this movie like it was just it a hurts. consistent barrage of just people who he just who are supposed to and you want to take care of him yeah. but are just taking advantage of him and it is just it hurts just it like the way they told the story and then they would c- jump back and forth between past brian wilson and like older brian wilson yeah and each cut from timeline to timeline you'd be like okay great you'd be like well they're cutting to a different story. So one story would be getting bad and then they cut to another, the, the, the alternate timeline. And you're like, great, this is also getting bad. And they cut back to the other one. You're like, this is still bad. And it was just, there was no real break. So yeah. it was just like layering and compounding just this pain well, that you well, would feel. It's also like the real Brian Wilson like still goes through parts of his mental struggle, right? His mental yeah. health struggle. And so when they, when he saw the real movie, he started associating it as real. Because, yeah. Like the actors were so good. good right? Like, I liked the movie. It was, for me, it was beautifully shot. I loved some mm-hmm. of the scenes in it. I thought the casting, the casting for me was pretty spot on. Like in terms of, I, and again, I don't know anything about anything, like who these people are. Like, outside of, like, you know, vaguely knowing that they're a part of these groups, right? But it's, like, to see them be in a different role than when what I've seen them in before. Yeah. Um, I thought that was amazing. And I thought, like, the casting for me, the way they acted it was just the way they acted it. You know? Paul Giamatti was excellent. Um, we talked about it before we started recording, but Paul, um, Paul was the doctor who was like kind of taking advantage taking advantage of, of um, yeah. 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 Um, Elizabeth Banks just had this just really really great role of just like being being there for Brian, yeah. and then even Cusack we talked about where he he's just not the typical Cusack that you see where he walks yeah. into a room and he's just very cool and he's very much like comfortable with everything this Cusack that we saw is very different from any other Cusack we saw he's so Um, fucking broken he's so vulnerable and he's so I don't like vulnerable is the best way I can like put words to it but like the first reveal we see is he's in a car he's in a car at a car dealership and he took off his shoes because he went running and he didn't want to get like sand in the the car and didn't want to ruin it but then he realized like his whole his socks has holes so he still got sand into it he's very like 
earnest and vulnerable and yeah. it was just great to see like this well, version of john <laughs> like not my... great to see but great to see him play a different role i think in my notes i said oh an older softer john and then like mm -hmm. throughout the rest of the movie i couldn't call him john anymore yeah i was like this is brian yeah and it was just it was it was him being very like he was soft-spoken the entire time um Cusack had this like thing about him where like everything was just it needed like at any moment something would break and he would just be like I don't know what to do mm -hmm. and we see that a few times where like reality breaks for him yeah and it's just it's devastating and I was just like I've because in all the other movies before this we're like it's John being John Mm -hmm. Right, fucking. Even in the Hitler one, he was John. He was John selling fucking Nazi art. He was, <laughs> he he's oh, he's selling horrible. Nazi art. He's um fucking. He's John playing baseball. Who loves ba like? He's always a version of John. He's Edgar Allan John. You know. Yeah. But then in this one, he just was so different because I was like, oh, he's so off. He's like older and like soft spoken, and then. Mm -hmm. and, and then he was jittery and i was like whoa what's up what's happening what especially is when we see brian wilson at the end he's performing Ooh. uh love and mercy Ooh. and you see like the cadences of this older brian wilson you see the way he speaks you see just yeah. the vulnerability of him and then you're just like god damn john did such a good job of capturing that both of them did. both of them yeah well, and then for john like to see kind of the the the, I don't know if this is the correct word for it, but like the psychosis of like what's happening in his life and and kind of the mental break that he's going through for the next like five years that they show what yeah. happens the kind of the end of the Beach Boys. You're just like because I I, I did love cool. that. Like I, I I did say like I've I've misspoke when I said that there wasn't good things about this movie like not good things about this movie but like not good things happening in this mm -hmm. movie to Brian Wilson and I misspoke mm -hmm. because there are moments where you could see joy in Brian Wilson is when Brian Wilson meets Elizabeth Banks character when yeah. a younger Brian Wilson is creating music and yeah. he's finding the things that he needs to express himself and create these different sounds that he's wanting to like mm -hmm. express that he's hearing in his head like well, they they both captured like yeah. that feeling very well because the because the kind of manicness he goes through while he's creating pet sounds which also is like one of if not the best like a lot of people are like that's one of the most progressive rock albums ever made like mm -hmm. Again, there's so many songs in there that are so good, and the whole the whole album is a concept of the movie. But um, the the way that he kind of envisioned this idea of like we're gonna show the people the studio, we're gonna show the people the pets because he fucking had pets on that sound. Yeah, right. And like the song "God Only Knows," right. Mm -hmm. like i love that song and it showed up so many times in my life where i'm just like this isn't a fucking amazing song mm -hmm. right like and and now it's you know now it's considered like this was a stroke of genius like this mm -hmm. album is a stroke of genius and way ahead of its time and just the way that it looks at music and the way that it looks at the concept of an album changes yeah. right 
and like even the Beatles were like, "This is the fucking best." Yeah, we got it. We got. And I thought that was interesting in there, the idea of like the Beach Boys and the Beatles kind of like competing, but also working off of each other. Mm-hmm. Just like pushing each other. Yeah. yeah. Because they created Pet Sounds because Rubber Soul was made. And Rubber Soul is personally my favorite. And a lot of people shit on that album. But that is like one of my favorites. Because those are the songs that I first heard. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and so to, for, for, for Brian to be so inspired by Rubber Soul and take it in a completely different direction of the Beach Boys music to create Pet Sounds. And then for the Beatles to be so fucking inspired by the pet sounds to yeah. create like sergeant peppers you know like it's just like they're feeding off each other and and that era of music was so like how much can they push it to be mm-hmm. like concept high and stuff like that so i thought i loved seeing that but i also was really kind of lack of a better term frightened of how he was doing it and like no one was saying anything to him Mm -hmm. because there was that one scene towards the end of past brian wilson where they were he was in the pool with a band and then he was just like the house is bugged was it um dad and other people are listening so Mm -hmm. you guys have to whisper come to the deep end of the pool where it's safer you know so yeah, and there's a there's a trivia about like that scene in general of how the director was like, I really want you to show how deep he is in the deep end. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like there were so many things that were were done in this movie that I thought was like visually beautiful and like mm-hmm. auditorially beautiful because there's also a part where um, he's sitting. What is he doing? Oh, he's having dinner with these like Hollywood yes men people who are part yeah. of his circle. Oh yeah. And the cutlery sounds just get louder and louder. And as a person who like suffers from like fucking a lot of <laughs> more or less, like a lot of anxiety, like mm-hmm. I could feel that because sometimes I get like that. Like if things get too loud, I have to leave. Like it's mm-hmm. so overwhelming, and. For me, they captured that so well. That's why, yeah. like, before I was, I couldn't really be in, like, really loud restaurants because the sound would just get to me. But this scene, like, the way that they kept amplifying it and amplifying it, I was like, they know, like, yeah. exactly what's happening. Yeah. And so I think they showed, you know, parts of that really well. I think just it was just the whole time for me though i was like vibing to the music because i was like fuck i love the beach boys yeah like i've i've you know i grew up with them in in more or less the sense of the word and like it's again it showed up in my like these songs like life yeah (laughs) right well how how have you connected to the music or like the beach boys in general because for me I've, i've i've discovered they're more like before because for me like growing up the beach boys was like their more earlier stuff they're they're uh they're like they're more california beach songs as like um uh they put it in the movie and then later on i discovered like pet sounds and all that stuff afterwards Mm -hmm. so for me like i have a a very weird relationship with music where i discovered like a lot of things very late uh so for me it was just thinking i was like oh man i haven't heard this 
like in so long, but it's still fairly new to me, you know, where I was just like, mm. oh man, I, I, I haven't probably, I, I probably have, like, there was this one scene where um, Brian Wilson was talking about the greatness of one particular album. I think it was a Beatles album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and really he was, cool. Yeah, and he was just like, there's no fat on that album. And he's just like, it's just a great album. And I was just like, and as someone who is kind of, like I said, discovering a lot of music late because I, I didn't listen to a lot of um, music growing up, weirdly enough. And I didn't listen to like entirety, al- like entire albums. And as someone as who is recently, as I've told Grace, um, starting to collect vinyl and all that Ooh, stuff. I was so excited for you. Me and you need to go dig. I yeah, so... Ugh. <laughs> so as this was happening i was just like this is how i'm gonna do it now i'm just gonna listen to old albums and just listen to it in its entirety you know so i was yeah. just like this is this is exciting yeah. and it, it's that part of me is just very exciting like for you it's something that was in your past and you're yeah, like reconnecting with I mean, and it's just, for me i'm just like something to look forward to well i think that's part of it is like it's very nostalgic for me because like again i grew up with this stuff playing in my dad's car right like mm-hmm. and and just you know renting the albums from the library because all we had was a record player like Mm -hmm. i didn't you know i didn't have a cd player until i was like fucking 22 and i bought my own in the house right Mm -hmm. so it's just it's all of these things of like oh like this is the music i literally grew up with and like to kind of just hear it in this space of and and see it more or less the way that it was created and the chaotic way that it was created And and just how he envisioned what he wanted his music to look like, what he thought like the the band could like push through. I thought that was fucking beautiful. Yeah. And it was also like the entire time, like it was just very sad because like, sorry, imagine going through five years of mental decline and no one understanding what's going on. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because they allude to it in the film of, like, oh, after he was, like, more or less asked to not be in the Beach Boys, Mm -hmm. um, that he had three years of where he didn't really get out of bed and just became this, I don't even know how to say it. Like, he just became something unrecognizable on a bed. Yeah. As um, Paul Giamatti's character put it, where he just... Uh, like he just stayed in bed, wasn't taking care of himself. He was like, uh, he was losing himself. So yeah, and he, you know, he was he was basically. I don't know if this is a good term, but like committing suicide by neglect. Mm-hmm. Like he was just like, I don't like. There's nothing here for me, mm-hmm. and like the 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 family the real family the real story is that like they were kind of at wit's end they didn't know what to do like what mm-hmm. do you do like what do you do when you don't understand what's happening and no one understands like mental health the correct way right yeah. like, the way that we quasi know it today but still are struggling with what it is yeah cuz i was going to say like mental health today is more discussed well, but it's still not understood oh, but hell no. especially back the brain. yeah Especially back then, where they're like, the best way where when there was a scene in the movie where Brian's brothers were checking in on him, and he had no way to properly express himself. So the best way he could was just like, maybe I am cuckoo for cocoa puffs, you know, like jokingly. Yeah. 
And like that was the best way he could express like how he was hearing voices in his head. I think the idea of like mental health was that because basically like, you know, early on, they're like, let's just carp or cut out part of the brain and you'll be better. Yeah. Let's shock the shit out of you. Let's do all these things that like may work, may not work because we got to reset your brain versus mm-hmm. now where it's like, oh, we're resetting your brain with chemicals, even though we still don't quite understand it. Yeah, or 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 even they were just like, oh, well, we don't understand really what's going on, so we'll just write you off as like this problem, you know? When yeah. and then it was revealed at the end where he was misdiagnosed by this this terrible doctor who's taking was advantage of him. Clearly over medicated. Yeah, because it's like okay, so you because I think he was diagnosed with what like schizophrenia schizophrenia yeah. like way too many things for him yeah and then he got re-diagnosed and then the medication like there's a part in the movie where like the housemaid mm-hmm. pulls out a giant a jar. jar yeah a jar of just fucking full of pills and, and she's just like it's like, too much it's, it's too much and i was just like fuck if the maid can see that or the the house person can see that mm-hmm. So this movie was like a lot to take in. Like I'd seen this movie before. I remember really liking this movie, thinking it was just like a really good biopic um, for a story that I wasn't familiar with at the time. Mm-hmm. And I just remember feeling very sad at the end. And then when yeah. we, we decided we were going to talk about this this week, I was like, cool, I've seen this before. I remember liking it. I don't know why I don't remember specifics of it. And I just, I, I guess it was just because it made me so sad, yeah. uh, unfortunately. And then as this movie was progressing, I was just like, oh my God, I'm realizing why this movie's so sad. <laughs> and then there's like, there's this one scene in particular where um, you see Brian Wilson and Elizabeth Banks character talking. And then they're just, they're, they're very good. They're like very, they're very fun with each other. And then um he, he gets uh, uh, alerted by one of the people in his house that he has to go take his medicine. Uh, and then next thing you know, you see you know, John Cusack is just like slouched in his chair. He's less responsive. Um, fucking Giamatti's character is just cooking burgers. And he's just like, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And she's, he's just like, you're not, fu- you're not hungry. And then he gives a burger to Elizabeth Banks. And he's just like, you wait your fucking turn. She takes a bite just to fucking make him go away because she's like, you're going to eat this first. You have guest of honor. He takes, she takes a bite, and then he, as soon as she puts it down, she's like, I'm going to share with him. And he takes a bite, and she, he just fucking yells at him. I was like, God damn it. I remember why. Yeah, he's so like, you don't understand the consequences of your actions. I'm sorry. I love you, but you don't you don't get it. You don't and get it. In the beginning, I was just like, oh, maybe this is part of it. Maybe because, like, he, you know, ballooned up to, like, three, 400 pounds just lying in bed. Maybe mm-hmm. he didn't get it. I did. Was I was very concerned when I was like, "Oh, that's way too much fucking medication." Yeah. The way he that he's acting. Yeah. Right. So I was just like, mm. um, but it was concerning of how like the things that was like, "Oh, I don't live in my house. I live in this house by the beach. The other one, the homeboy lives in, or the yeah. doctor lives in." And I was like, "Oh, that's questionable." Yeah, I was like, "Why?" But he, but he was just like, "But I got to choose. I got to choose this room. I chose this room myself." Yeah, and I was like, it was, it was uh... very childlike the entire time. Like he wanted to show her things. He wanted to like 
be like, hey, let's go to the movies together. Let's go to dinner together. Let's do all these things together. And then he would have these these very people watching him. Yeah, he would have guardians and these very vulnerable moments where he was allowed to speak, but he didn't have emotion behind it. Mm-hmm. There's because there, there's he's having dinner with Elizabeth or like what is her what is her character's name Melinda, right? Who yeah. who is his real life wife? Mm-hmm. But like when Melinda and him go to dinner and he's just like, oh yeah, like my dad used to spank us but then he later goes on like a regular spank sounds like this our spanks sound like this and he immediately just started punching and table. i was like yeah. you know that's a red fucking flag so and, like the, and it was just when, so effective the way they would cut between the stories because it would like they would show where john was in the, the i don't want to say the future but like older john or older brian wilson brian. Uh, yeah, older Brian Wilson, and he'd be like having these issues with this person who's supposed to be taking care of him, like this doctor. And then you'd cut back to the past, and then like his asshole of a dad, like even before they reveal, like he would hit them as kids. He'd be like, he'd show up while they're trying to record pet sounds and be like, I have a new band. This is what they sound like. This is what a good fucking album sounds like. And meanwhile, you could see just Brian Wilson trying to keep that shit together. You know, I was just like, God damn. And then they would cut back to the future. And then Brian Wilson would be fucking being treated poorly by this fucking doctor. And they cut back. His dad would be an asshole to him. So it was just like this escalation of just treatment for, for Brian. We're just like, God damn it, man. Yeah. It, it just felt like the whole time it just felt really sad. And I yeah. think one of my questions was like, does... Like if we did, if it wasn't about Brian, if it wasn't mm-hmm. about the Beach Boys, if it wasn't mm-hmm. about like these very public ass figures, would we still think that this was a good movie? I think so. Like the way they told, like I think just the way they told the story, like the way this movie was, uh, the acting we talked about was very oh. great. Um, like, like I think this is a good movie. It's just. You have to be aware of what you're going into because you yeah, said you, no, you came no. into it. You're just like, Beach Boys, let's go. And then you're like, oh, yeah. sad. Like within that first fucking like 10 minutes, uh, not even 10, maybe five. I don't even know. Because the first, it just jumps into it. There's like no fucking precursor to whatever. And it's just like young Brian speaking incoherently mm-hmm. and like smoking. And it's just him in this like very documentary style chaotic like cameraman like holding a fucking like what is it like an eight an eight whatever Mm -hmm. and he's just talking about like yeah and like this is the sound that i want us to do and this is you know i just want us to capture the voices of the room and do all this and blah 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 and i was like i don't understand this movie yeah and then for it to you know go from the 60s to like the 80s or like you know wherever the older Brian was. The older Brian was, and to see that Brian so devoid of the energy he had when he was younger. Younger, yeah. Oh, it's gonna be that fucking movie, okay. Because I remember one of the things that I thought uh, early on, like the first time I saw this movie, it was just like, it was hard for me to make that connection of Paul Dano's Brian Wilson growing into John Cusack's Brian Wilson. Mm -hmm. Not only just because they didn't look like each other 
Yeah. But just because of like their energy, like just they seem like different characters. And then throughout, like there was a part in the middle of the movie where it's like, oh no, he's becoming <laughs> sad, John. Yeah. You know, it was just so effective. We were like, at first you don't buy it, but slowly you can see how that how... character got to this other yeah, character that we're you following. See that arc of it. And I was yeah. like, oh. Like, and I think that's part of like why I was really sad whenever I was watching like older Brian was mm-hmm. because he was so full of energy and creativity and all of these things to a fault. Yeah. Where everyone was like, yo, it's just ego at this point. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was like, no, it's mental illness. Y'all just don't understand it. And just to see him go from like this creative space of like, I need to create all these things. You need to help me. We need to create the sound. Yeah. To, like, can you get a horse in here? You know, like stuff like that. Yeah. Where you're like, like he's I, like, doing such different things. Like I loved the chaoticness of how he did it because, like, mm-hmm. you always kind of see artists do that of like, let's fuck around, let's see what we can do in the studio, right? And that's just part of the pro- the creative process, of, especially now of like, what can we do to elevate the music? Mm-hmm. And like, I think one of the one of my <laughs> and completely unrelated, but there's something about like. I was think I was watching a Lady Gaga thing where she just kept doing the same, the same like bars, like singing differently, 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 and kept ordering them different on the album and doing all this stuff. And when she finished, she goes, "Oh my god, it's great! Take it off." Mm-hmm. And like she did all this work, and it was like, "No, it's not for the album." Yeah. And I was just like, "Holy shit!" And so the whole time, like when he's doing that with like, you know, let's bring in all these weird ass instruments that aren't traditionally beach boys and let's bring in like a pack of dogs and have them bark and let's bring in like people just whispering and talking in the background about the music and then let's bring in like the sound guy saying oh turn it up a little bit like it's just yeah or or even that one part where he was like working with this one instrument uh player for like three hours and the rest of the band was getting frustrated he's like i'm not working with you right now if you want to go you can go I'm working with him right now. And it was you know? literally like the same like four bars and he's like more staccato, more this, more that. Yeah. And they're like, "Okay, cool." And they're like, "It's the same goddamn thing." And then when you hear the final product, it's not. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's "So fucking beautiful." But yeah. no one appreciates it. Mm-hmm. And then to find out like in real life it wasn't appreciated at all, but now it's considered one of the most fucking progressive albums. Yeah. Like if you're going to be part of that lexicon that collects these types of things like you need to have this in your collection definitely yeah. right and it and just even if you're just gonna get that one song like paul mccarthy calls it the perfect song mm-hmm. you know like what the first time i heard it i was like this is beautiful and to hear it over and over again in different spaces it's just like it doesn't change it you know and i think that was the thing for me when when we were talking about oh i didn't really listen to it for the first time or i haven't listened to it fully like mm-hmm. the idea of you hearing it for the first time yeah right is a feeling that you will never get back of like i wish i could hear it again for the first mm-hmm. time and i was just like you're gonna have that when we buy it together when, we buy it together. <laughs> when it, this happens you know and i think i think it's also just like that idea of like like he created this thing out of chaos and it mm-hmm. became like one of the most amazing things that we've ever had 
Right. And yeah. I and I, I'm not saying it's like the best of the best of the one year old fucking putting on my gatekeeping bullshit, but like for me, like it has a space in my in my in your timeline shelf. in yeah. my in my life because yeah. it connects to something when I was younger, and it's just like mm. it doesn't, you know. And so it's just the way that he, they portrayed him doing that, I connected to very well. Of like, you have these like manic bursts of like i need to get this shit out of my head or i'm going to explode and he says that too of like mm-hmm. i have this in my head and there's a moment where he keeps playing a rift over and over and over yeah and then finally his cousin's like yo what's up and he goes hey help me i need to get this out yeah right and i i connect to that very well yeah this asshole cousin <laughs> <laughs> like, i just feel i'm like is it because it's the 60s and no one understands mental health and everyone thinks this is just an ego thing and it's all because there was a part with the fucking asshole cousin who is quote unquote the cleanest of the crew right mm. goes is this a druggy song because we can't have a druggy song on this album it talks about ego like is the ego about drugs or something yeah and it's like no asshole it's clearly about you yeah but also the next scene is them getting high off their asses yeah. and i thought that was hilarious <laughs> yeah Dick, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe so mad, but uh, even that role is very well acted. And I was like, You play the perfect asshole, unless you're an asshole in real life, otherwise, mm. it's not much acting there. But, um, yeah, there's just a lot of good, good moments in this movie. I, um, I, I definitely think uh, it's worth checking out. It's um, on Amazon, y'all. Amazon Prime, so go watch so if it. You're on Amazon Prime, you got two hours and one minute to like. Have like a good cry. Go yeah, ahead and, do that. and we like, we got nothing but time this year, this year, y'all. So, oh, there's <laughs> one thing though. Um, <laughs> there was that one scene towards the end. Uh, I had to watch it twice because I was very distracted. It was the scene where um, after uh, the doctor isn't part of his life anymore, and he runs in front of Elizabeth Banks' car. Oh yeah, I was and, confused about that shit. Yeah, uh, so uh, like I was confused from that point on. I was like. Where? How? What? Court? So, okay. I was just like, all right, maybe it's like close to her work, but I was like, what angle is she coming from? So I was just like, don't worry about that. So I was already in my head. Well, he's at the uh, corner of her job waiting for her. Yeah, but like you could come from different angles, you know? Yeah, that's why like, he's looking both ways. Yeah. Like so uh, like, that's why he's at that corner. But from that point on, I was just like, I right, thinking too much into this. I hate when like I I take the like the serious seriousness of the like real life into a movie it's just like there's a few more minutes of this movie just enjoy this movie yeah. he gets into a car he's just like let's let's i want to show you something i want to show you my house and it's like he's like it's not where i live it's my house his house growing up and i was oh. like it, it seemed like it was a very important moment but i got taken out of it because when they pull out or when they get to the house and it's not there anymore and they step out of the car there's like a dog in the background that doesn't have like it's just walking around. It's there's like a oh, dog? Do- yeah, <laughs> that's all they can see. So I was like, oh, there's a dog back there, and then I had to watch the scene twice because of like multiple multiple shots. Was, there was just a dog walking around, and I was like, oh, cute dog. And there was like no leash, no person. It was just a dog walking around. I was like, whoa. And then I watched it twice. I was like, oh yeah, sad. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, a weird thing. Well, I mean, the whole idea is that what she and she explains this too, like she's so invested in his again. This is adult Brian, adult Brian's life that he she knows that something's up, like something is wrong with the doctor 
like yeah. Doctor Jean just being like, "I'm manipulating you. I'm using your money." Blah blah blah. And she kind of says, "Like, I am one. Le- I want to be one less person that he has to worry about. But I'm gonna worry about him from afar or some shit." So she's the one that kind of brings the lawsuit and mm-hmm. gets the family together to be like, "Hey." Your brother is going through something and none of we got to figure out how to break this right because at that point like john kind of or john brian kind of goes through this thing of like you don't understand he's my caretaker Mm -hmm. he's he's i forget what it's called but like it's that thing where like legally you take care of them when the family says i'm out Mm -hmm. right and and so he's like you don't understand he'll institutionalize me like i'm so afraid of like going going there going whatever he said right and so he's he's like i can't get out of this but also like i can't keep being in it Mm -hmm. and so she kind of contacts the family and does all these things and it's just like a the doctor is completely manipulating him using him for money trying to do all these things and i think it's about a year the timeline so the thing that bothers me about this movie is that you don't know the timeline exactly. Like, yeah. it keeps it very loose and vague of, like, oh, maybe it's 65, maybe it's 79. We don't fucking know. Like, it's all of these things. Yeah. And I think the timeline of it confuses me because we don't know how long that young, like, you don't know the timeline of, like, young um, Brian. Brian. But I think that's a span of, like, five years of, like, releasing all these albums after Pet pet sounds mm-hmm. right and then i think this the span of adult brian or older brian is like two two to three years mm-hmm. right so let's say like he goes through one year with melinda and she gathers all these evidence to bring to somebody to be like hey we got to break this con- conservatorship that the doctor has over over brian because it's, it's fucked up like he's abusing him Mm-hmm. And then, like the legal battle battle of that is maybe a year, maybe which, two years. Which so I'm glad could... they didn't do like Garden of Midnight of Good Midnight Garden. Yeah, that movie where, where you just start. <laughs> well, I always have trouble with that movie. Garden in the mid- Midnight in the Garden of Good yeah, Evil. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> but I, uh, I'm glad it didn't turn into just like a courtroom drama. Yeah. For it, you know, I, they're just like that's wrapped up. Yeah. Here we go. I think the, the what they showed in the passage of time in terms of older Brian is him just trying to get on different meds, off different meds, and it became this very surreal montage of like, I don't know what timeline I'm living in, but you yeah. want to see all the timelines I've been in to see how fucked up my life has been to get to this point. Yeah. And I thought that was incredibly beautiful. I thought that was just shot very well of like you know, it's him when he's very young being abused by his dad. It's him being very old being abused by this doctor. It's him being neglected by his fam not neglected. It's him choosing to like step away. Step away from his family. It's him in bed, you know, just doing nothing. Like it's this whole thing. And then all of a sudden one day he just snaps out of it. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was like, Oh, that's the whole medication thing. That's the whole like therapy thing. That's the whole like you don't know who you are until you find the right cocktail until yeah. you find the right formula yeah and then he again he is at the corner of her work and she sells cadillacs it's very cute but she's like he's looking for her the entire time and then when he sees her he steps out in front of her car which the fuck Dangerous. yeah that could have been the end of her. 
And she says that too. She's like, what the fuck? Yeah. But like, I think after that, I was just so fixated on how I was like, oh, she looks different. So there is a passage of time. Because mm-hmm. then when she recognizes him, she's like, yo, what are you doing here? Like, we yeah. can't, I can't, yeah. I can't do what this. Are you, uh, what, what's happening? We, yeah, this is not part of, like, what's happening to make you feel to be better. Mm-hmm. Right? And then he's just like, take me home. And yeah. I, I didn't notice the dog in the background. That's all I thought about. <laughs> like, for me, like, when they turn the corner and you just see the highway. Yeah. Like, yes, it's sad he lost his childhood home. Yes, it's the idea of you can never go home again. But it just super reminded me about, like, what's happening in, like, our communities and what has happened in our past communities of, like, these spaces that were, you know, ours are mm-hmm. just taken away by a fucking highway. Yeah. And, like, especially since, like, you know, the field of work that I'm in and all of these things, like, I know all too well about the communities that have been taken away from the because they wanted to make a highway that was five minutes faster. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that broke my heart even more. And to see him just kind of look at it and be like, huh. Okay. Yeah. You know, like, that's not his childhood anymore. He doesn't have to hang on to it. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> fucking sober cry right now. And I was just like, I don't. It was, it was very beautiful. But it was also very, like, you know, he he had to like mourn everything up until then Mm -hmm. and i think one of my favorite and i again it's it's a rom-com ending which you know my fucking heart is just like give me more of that shit but it's like and i think like this is kind of a thing that happens a lot in rom-coms where the people like realize like they have a chance to be together but they don't know what the fuck to do Mm -hmm. and so she goes well what's next like, what do we do from here? And then he's just like, are you hungry? And then it just shows them having this conversation in this fucking, like, dead-end lot about... Yeah, this cul-de-sac, and then just camera pulls back. You know, about, like, what what happens from there. And I, that's always been, like, my favorite ending, this ambiguous ending of, like, a, you know, like, what happens? And, and that's for you to kind of fill in if it was a real rom-com but because this is is real life (laughs) is that your favorite rom-com ending it's one of them what's your okay what else aside from ambiguous like i think for me um, right like i think i just love the ambiguousness of things because i am all i'm i'm one of those people and again like i write scripts so i'm one of those people who love when things are left open like mm. the possibility and even like the director said said that idea of like i took out a chunk of his life so you can envision how horrible it is and then realize it was much much worse that fucking that that hurts to hear right and i'm just like oh and so like the at, at the end of this like we know that he gets married to melinda we know that he becomes better we know he comes back and makes smile which is his, fucking yeah, his, magnum his dream opening, album yeah right that he's been working on for so many fucking years that no one else supported him on like you know more or less it's a happy ending it's good for john or for brian for brian like you know it's good and i just i think for me i was just like i want to come to that own conclusion for me of like where they're like well let's just go get lunch yeah 
And it just, you know, even th they're not even like, oh, let's share the possibility that like we may get back together after all the shit that's happened. It's just like, let's just get lunch. Yeah. I think from like, if it's too much of a happy ending, if it's like a rom com happy ending where like bitch gets like the prince or whatever, I'm just like, yeah, okay. I love rom coms, but I like I don't necessarily like rom com endings, which is right. weird. Like, no, no, it's true. And like even as we go through like Cusack's rom com endings, some of them I'm like, mm. yeah, too happy. Yeah, <laughs> That's not real life. Rom -com I'm rom -com miserable. <laughs> when we go on, right? Yeah. But like I think for this, I was like, oh, like that. I'm you know, it's left open, even though you know what happens, and I think that was very beautiful. And I think them including the very real clip of him singing the song it was beautiful it was a, yeah i thought it was really cool in the way that they you know the the credits kept going with like good vibrations and all the other things i was just like fuck me it's a good movie i don't know it's if a I good can, movie if i can sit through it again though yeah because i was uh, i had to forget about it and come back to it a few years i'm like oh shit it's this movie <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 and i i just again like Maybe I'll revisit it again, but I think for now, like if you, if listeners, if you have not watched it, I would say please, you know, give it a try because it's a very yeah. different role that John has had. Yeah, there's anything. Time, be aware of what you're getting into, and yeah. then just know that one, like it's worth it for the story of Brian Wilson that you're about to witness, oh. and then the performance that these actors put on film. Oh, for fucking it's, sure! It's really for well done. Sure. Um, yeah, no, I, th I think, yeah, I just, I loved the film and I was also very sad about it. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, but aside from ambiguous endings, we, we, we touched on it a little bit earlier. What, what other rom-com endings do you like? Because I, I love fucking sad endings. Ooh, I kind of do like when they don't end up together, but I'm also like, I don't know if I want that type of a rom-com ending at the moment. Yeah. You know? What? Okay. Aside, we, we haven't, we, we touched on it before that we both really love rom-coms. Oh. Like aside from the Cusack ones, like uh, what are your favorite rom-coms? Because one of mine, <laughs> Like Please. one of my favorite rom coms growing up is uh Chasing Amy. Oi. <laughs> <laughs> and I I love that because it's so sad. <laughs> it's so like I was like like I was like, Holden, you're an idiot. <laughs> I'm not ready for that gay stab in the back there, John. I'm sorry, but it's like yeah, but I'm sorry. No, it's a good ending. I think it's a good I, ending. It's just it's a good movie for me too. Like I love that movie. But yeah. Yeah. Um Oh man, see now all I can think of is the cheesy ass ones, and it just I don't know what that. Yeah, because um, that that was one. Yeah, I don't like like the issues with chasing Amy aside. I was just like, that's the thing that's like. There's two scenes in that movie that stick with me. I was just like, when he tells her he loves her in the car, and then when and um, she says "fuck you," <laughs> and it yeah. leaves. I was like, oh. That's real. Yeah. And, and then the end where yeah. he just like he just says hi just to be like, we had a thing. I fucked yeah, it no, up. I I do you know. love that ending in the sense of like I'm you know like this was a moment in our lives that didn't mm -hmm. didn't work out because I fucked up and I was just yeah. like oh. yeah. So for for that ending and for that that scene in the car, I was like, 
and oh, especially man. when I the the point in my life where I saw it, I was just like, oh shit, this is this is this is good, you know. Like I haven't seen yeah. it in several years. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if it holds up. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It probably doesn't hold up. That's why I haven't seen I it. Think, no, I think it might hold up. I think yeah. like a lot of Kevin Smith's movies, like questionable, <laughs> but I think yeah. like he he's understandable to a point of like oh because he always had like gay jokes but then it was just like oh it's because my like someone close to me is gay and this is the way that i can get him in there without hollywood completely freaking out yeah so yeah but fuck like out of the kevin smith movies like chasing amy is like my i think my number two what was number one clerks yes yeah Clerks is too real for me because I work retail for so long. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> I was no, like, too much. But um, it, for me, it was either like Chasing Amy or like Mallrats just because of how goofy it was. Mm. Or that, that was the first movie. I was like, holy shit, these people are so, talking about comic books and stuff that I love. Yeah, which yeah. Wasn't really so, <laughs> so for me, like me and my, oof, this is oof, my, like my second boyfriend, um, he was a huge Kevin Smith fan. And mm-hmm. I had only heard of Kevin Smith because of fucking Walmart, Mall Rats, because that's the only mm-hmm. thing of that. And he's like, oh, you don't know his other stuff? So he would show me all the other things. And then, like, I was like, oh, and I loved Chasing, like, I think, yeah, it went Clerks, Chasing Amy. What was the third one? And then my fourth was Mall Rats. And for mm-hmm. him, like, Mall Rats was number one. And I was like, of course it would be, because you're fucking, like, five years younger than me, you fucker. But it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like all of these things where I was just like, why i i get mall rats like i and again i love mall rats but it's just like all right cool like it's very much a money like and he talks about it too kevin smith's like oh we got a problem throw fucking money at it because i got a goddamn budget yeah (laughs) but like for me it's yeah like i fucking loved clerks it was so yeah but yeah clerks chasing me he hated chasing me i was like why and then I realized why I liked chasing him because I was like, yes, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It just but, for me, the movies Kevin Smith makes is like, you could tell the movies where he had something to say. Yeah. You know, like sometimes like the, those movies get away from him because like he, 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 he builds something out of a story, you know, like he said, like his whole thing with uh, chasing Amy, he's just like, it, it was just like his weird thing about like that, that uh, feeling of like, in, like, inadequate in a relationship you know and then it, it just it, it it became this bigger thing in the story and then like for clerks it's just like his point like that point in his life you know so like those early movies for him where he had something to say i think are great think, and then from there okay. it's just him being silly <laughs> i think dogma was my third dogma was really good i loved dogma yeah Who but, knew um... a movie with a rubber poop monster could be so good <laughs> Well, there was just a lot of things where I was just like, oh, that's really fucking cool. Awesome. Yeah, I was like, god damn, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So for me, it was Clerks, Chasing Amy, Dogman, Mall Rats. And then it yeah. was, yeah. But I just love Dogman. Yeah, it's such a good movie. Right. But, um. So in, t- in terms of like other, like, you're, you don't, you're, so you're not a fan of the ambiguous so much. I do. I love that. Like, like the sad endings. I love, like, my favorite ending are, like, sad endings. 
second favorite ending like second favorite rom-com endings is ambiguous because it's the closest to sad <laughs> and my least <laughs> and then my, because there's still a chance of it fucking up you know like we talked about say anything we were just like are they okay is, yeah, Di- is diane good pain, right? yeah and i think even with uh what was the one that these other what other rom-coms did we fucking see with him um oh because i mean must love the- dogs like mm-hmm. how the fuck did that movie end i don't fucking remember we didn't like that one did we we I don't think so i just remember being like not enough dogs moving on yeah no i think with like oh my god i cannot remember how that movie that was like ended. seven months ago so who knows <laughs> like a month and a half ago but whatever yeah. no i think the the idea of like See, like, the ending wasn't even so good for us to even fucking remember. We don't care, right? I think with my slum. Oh, I remember. Sorry. It was uh, her on a boat and then him uh, going out to see her and then telling her that he loves her, I think. Did she jump in the fucking water like a bitch? Yeah, something like that. And then there was a dog there. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So something along those lines. It was awful. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I just it's, it, it's it was the chase that we were looking. I was like, oh, this is a very typical, stereotypical rom com. Yeah. I think it was just the chase. Like it was, we're looking for all this. It's weird to kind of compare like that rom com to other rom coms we've seen. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I do like the ambiguous. Like number one is my ambiguous. The good ones where if it's I I need it to be sappy, mm-hmm. then yeah, maybe I'll do it to where I need it to be sappy. But it's just like. Mm, are you a fan of sappy, Grace? Uh, it depends. Yeah? What, yeah. like... I mean... Like, define sappy. I like saccharine over sappy. Like, I need things to be so fucking sweet, like I need to kill a dog. You know? That sounded <laughs> bad. Can you cut that out? That's... <laughs> yeah. That sounded horrible. So there's this thing in, like, Filipino culture where it's so cute... Oh, don't be with that. They're going to be like, yeah, Filipino culture where you kill dogs. No. There's a word called gigil, right? Yeah. yeah. It's so cute. Like, you don't know how to contain, like, the energy of, like, the overwhelming. It just becomes violent. Yeah. Not in the way where you kill things, but you're just like, oh, so fucking cute. (laughs) Like, it gives you that, like, there's (laughs) there's something where it's just, like, anytime I feel, like, super gigil, Uh I always am like, I feel like I could drop kick something right now. Yeah. Is there anything that comes to mind where you're just like, that's so cute. That's so cute. So fucking (laughs) goddamn cute. It's, um, okay. So let me premise that before (laughs) is that I haven't really left my house or my room since. Last Tuesday? What fucking day was that? Audience, we're gonna let you know now. We don't leave our rooms ever, so ever. We'll just know that when we're going to tell a story that's gonna get weird, it's probably because we haven't left our room, and it's, it's been because like we never leave nine room. days, right? And yeah. and again, like I I only go to the grocery maybe once a month. I do all these things. Like maybe if I, you know, I'll do my laundry at like my partner Jack's house and stuff like that at the, on the weekends. But like, because of the nature of my work and because of the nature of the space that I live in, a lot of it is just kind of contained in my little basement room. 
my my room has circus wallpaper <laughs> where it has lines. Yeah. So like not only do I feel confined because I just, you know, I'm cramming 38 fucking years of my life and also part of my mother's life and also part of my grandmother's life into this very small space to the point where it's like overflowing with hoardingness. Like I also am surrounded by chaotic wallpaper. Mm-hmm. I don't really have any access to sunlight. And I have like two roommates who are also working from home who are also basement dwellers. Yeah. So I'm going fucking crazy. Like I'm going I don't really have human interaction other than when I go out to pee or eat and we will talk for fifteen minutes and then I gotta run back and do all this fucking like things online because that's just how twenty twenty is now. Yeah, that's how this world works now. So the last week week and a half has been kind of rough for me because I'm trying to do all this shit before the fall break, which I didn't know what was next week was Thanksgiving and fuck my life. I thought next week was completely different. So I'm trying to do all these things before that so I can have like an actual fucking vacation. And I'm kind of going crazy. There is a YouTube couple. Twitch couple? There's an internet couple. An internet couple that I have kind of followed for a long time and they're like they you know like they twitch thing like games and other <laughs> things like, so vague so, so we can't find them but they, yeah. I mean, they they're gamers right yeah. they're gamers the other one like does these like builds on twitch and i just watch them because you'll twitch for eight hours and i can feel like i have a fucking friend in the room with me right yeah um well i'm grading and so i'm like cool and I've I've been with them for a while, so I've seen them be friends and then become more than friends on on the screen online. And basically, like the last week and a half, I've been feeling the effects of you know my anxiety, my clinical depression, my sad. What is it? The season seasonal, seasonal whatever disorder because yeah. now it gets cold or gets dark at 2am and I can't yeah. fucking figure out like what sunlight is anymore so I was like let me just revisit these moments that you know make me happy of of like how cute they were and then I did a deep dive where I was like to the extent I look like that guy from fucking sunny in philadelphia where he's trying to figure out like who phyllis is or whatever with the male yeah so it's just it's you sort of like uh a, a yarn chart <laughs> so i have a yarn chart of their fucking like cuteness cuteness and it's so and, and it's getting you that giggle it makes me so like the pent-up energy of just watching them be so goddamn adorable on stream makes me crazy okay so we were talking about this before the show Mm. and do you think if like say we went to the mall and then Mm -hmm. we saw like a couple their age doing the exact same things do you think i would be be disgusted by it yeah i i thought so too i would be like they are so children they are so like a physically affectionate to the point where it i mean it's they're like hugging on each other. They're like, like you know, I don't know how to explain. Like, there's a part where like 
and I live for this moment that I keep rewinding the five fucking seconds that I notice it. But there's a part where she is like, she like puts her head on his shoulder and his reaction is to just touch her knee. And I'm so like, oh my God, he touched her knee. She's on the shoulder. Like I'm like so invested in this relationship that I've seen only online. And they're allowing these, moments of like physical intimate affection with each other and i'm just like it's so goddamn cute i'm gonna fucking burst but if i saw that well well, yeah i think it's different because like you said it's this build-up to this like witnessing the birth like this this (laughs) connection of like not not, i don't say witnessing the birth of because like that's That's something else a different thing now yeah that's a different thing but (laughs) if it's like the the connection these two people have as they're building their relationship like all right so what if i'm gonna keep building scenarios (laughs) (laughs) what if like COVID never happened mm-hmm. and you would take your lunch break at the exact same place every day. And every day you see this couple and they're doing the exact same interactions and you're seeing this, this, this couple build up towards uh, oh this, this, this thing where it, 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 it blossoms to yeah. the point where you're at now in your uh, telenovela stream. That's exactly well, that's what it exactly fucking feels like. It feels like the soap operas where you're like, will they or won't they? Yeah. But also like it feels like a very good rom com movie. Yeah. That is so, just taking would you be more invested? over the last fucking year. And so I- how would you take it in if you saw that in person? You've been seeing this relationship build over the course of several lunch breaks, and then yeah. now you're just like, now he's hugging, she's hugging him and he's touching her knee. I've I think that's how I would feel because I feel like that when I watch my friends go through this. Okay. Right. I feel like such a, yeah, right. No, but I feel like such a fucking stalker, and I feel like such a fucking lunatic because I'm sitting here like the last and again like the last nine days has just been it's been a choice for me not to leave the room, not to walk outside, not to fucking get like real food other than like the gremlin food that I create <laughs> from the show is my gremlin food. <laughs> You're like sorry of sorry avocado, you died today. No, yeah, I'm so fucking scuffed, dude. It's at this point, like it's just whatever I can find in my cabinet. Like I'm trying to like empty out the cabinet so then I'll I can just do the one stop again, right? So, mm. like, literally the other day, and I know, like, a lot of people do this, but literally the other day, I straight up had a macaroni uh, macaroni box. I put tuna in it, and I put, like, leftover, like, whatever the fuck kind of sauce in it, and mm. then, like, whatever random, like, fruit or t- fruit, vegetables or, t- you know, whatever, like, almost sprouted potatoes, like, whatever I could find. I just put it together. It didn't taste good, but I was like, it's substance, and I need to get the shit done. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's, it's fucking like troll food that I just kind of mashed together right. and it's just like it's calories. Right. It's right? nutrients. So, yeah. And so like while I'm doing that like I'm over here like okay constructing the fucking timeline in my head of like okay this is when they started hanging out. This is when they started like you know you knew something was up. And this yeah. is when they officially said it. And then everything after that. And I think the thing that kills me the most in a good way is that the first time we see them actually be boyfriend and girlfriend and like that really 
disgusting honey food, honey food phase. Blah, 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 right, right. That everyone kind of just freaks out about. Fucking nine months later, they're still doing that. And I'm just like, I can't contain the joy in my heart for for their joy that they're showing. And it's just, it's I don't understand it. You just need some good in this year. <sighs> That's what it is. That's fucking right. what it is. Because, like, all I can do is watch YouTube or live streams because those are the closest things to having friends without getting a goddamn virus. All right. So, right? And leads me leads me to my next scenario. And I don't understand how, like, a 40-fucking-year-old woman is so invested in this very young-ass couple. But it's also just, like... Like you said, it's 2020. Any win is any win, and I see them winning in, yeah. in their own way of like this relationship happiness. is making it through because they're quarantined together. And I'm just like, yeah. you're so fucking cute. But it's also like, but it's 2020. You like you said, you, you people, yeah. people just need happiness yeah, yeah, yeah. in their life. Yeah. So so now comes my scenario, Grace. <laughs> God, you've stated your uh, rom com preference where you're just like. Ooh, ooh. I, I want things to be ambiguous. <laughs> what if three months, three weeks from now, they, they have a big fight on stream, and then oh, the very next stream, they're like, we're going to take a break from streaming. We'll see where things go. And then they never stream again. I can't. Okay. So, <laughs> like, I started getting itchy, John, when you I think it's because it started out so goddamn ambiguous. Like, it, it, it started out very ambiguous in the beginning yeah and literally i saw this relationship again go from like acquaintance to friendship to like more than friendship in a span of uh like four months yeah right like i saw i saw this thing kind of blossom and so i felt very weird and but privileged at the same time that i get to see again it feels like a movie but it's also happening in real time yeah so it's it's I don't I don't I don't get it, but I do get it, you know. But I think if you know, and if they choose to not be together in the future, I wish them happiness, right? If, but it's not okay. So it's not that though. It's just like them to, being ambiguous. They're like, they we choose, had a fight. Yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, if they choose to no longer make their make their uh, to show us public what happens yeah Yeah, if they they choose to no longer have a public relationship or a relationship in the public eye i think i'd be okay because then even then like the things of again february march april may june july august september october the last nine fucking months like i feel like that's enough for me to be like they had a good run if it doesn't work out like at least now they know what it means to be happy okay right i think i think that's the thing of like the ambiguous rom-com of like the will they they won't they like it always feels like when they meet up again there's that hope because you've seen the growth of it right and they show that in the beach in the in the beach boy movie in love and mercy of like she had to walk away because she's like i can't be a part of this because it's so close that i you know like i want the best for him 
And even if I can't be a part of it, like, I know the best is going to happen for him. And then when he shows up a fucking year later, yeah. and they're just like, hey, let's get lunch. Right. You know? Like, it's very ambiguous. Like, there's not really anything that shows that they, in real life, do become husband and wife. Yeah. But it's the it's the possibility in her saying, yes, let's go get lunch. Okay. Right? And so, I mean, if they, if, if they choose to no longer make their... their their relationship their relationship public and they choose to not mention each other publicly publicly in the future then i'll be like you know what like those nine months are enough for you to know that it is possible mm-hmm. right? right i think i think that's it for me because <laughs> but i don't know because i was <laughs> you know like I and again, like I've just been passively watching them and seeing them in each other's streams for the past like year, right? Yeah. And just be like, okay, cool, whatever. They're whatever, whatever. But there's something about the last week and a half. Like the last week and a half was so scuffed in so many ways. So I'm just like, I need something that's going to make me feel okay about the world. Yeah. And seeing them just be fucking McCute and just like overly affectionate and forget that they're in front of thousands tens of thousands of fucking people yeah and then when they realize they're like oh sorry we're not supposed to kiss you there right like it becomes very i don't know man it feels weird for me to say it because it's very voyeuristic voyeuristic Mm -hmm. of like you're seeing something that's usually seen as private yeah be very public but it, I, yeah, I'm just so invested, and I don't know why. And it's only been the last week. Like the last week has been a fucking deep dive. Of like, I think I see why it resonates so much because it's just very like authentic feelings of like, oh shit, I slip. You know, it's just like very genuine feelings towards each other thing. that they're sharing. You're like yeah. that's very real and it's very pure. I appreciate that's that. That's it. I think yeah. that it's just so the idea of like pureness of like. They can't contain it. Yeah. In those moments that they cannot contain their relationship. Yeah. Right? I'm just like, oh, God, that's so fucking wholesome. It's so goddamn cute. But if I saw my students doing that in class, best believe I'd be like, cut that shit out. Y'all are gross. (laughs) That's enough out of you two. Y'all need to, like, close the bakery right now. Like, this can, I don't need cupcaking in front of me. Like, I don't need that shit. But because I see them through the screen and I see them kind of, allow themselves to be vulnerable in that space you know yeah i'm just like oh god please please never please yeah no please don't Don't. (laughs) Don't do anything wrong you do just be happy and be loved i think that's the thing is like you know in, in the year of 2020 like we've we have to redefine what those mean for what that means for us the be the be happy and be loved yeah, you know? if if there's anything that you can find in your life right now, because it's it's been a rough year, it's been a rough week for us, yeah, you know. Yeah. So if like if there's anything this like you can do to like spark joy, create happiness for yourself, whether it's yeah. watching other people be happy and that rekindle some happiness in your life, do it because it's a shit year, guys. Yeah. Take care of yourselves, yeah. and if that means sparking joy by going to our Teespring and then buying shirts. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? At this point, yes. Make us happy by making yourself happy and your friends happy and your family happy by picking up our merch. 
Exactly, because if you buy a hoodie, it's cold right now, your arms will be warm and then you'll be warmer. So you get nice warm hugs to people. Well, I don't know if you could be hugging people because of social distancing. Hug yourself. But allegedly you could hug you could hug yourself. Like hug people who are in your social circle. Just just hug people who you can and Fuck like yes. just fucking be warm. And go to our Teespring and buy a shirt that says I'm a plant bitch now and or a shirt sweat, slash sweater <laughs> that says that better poo gentle. <laughs> Which also we had a request for masks. And and we had talked about this before because I originally wanted to just do masks. Yeah. Right. And then we both came to this like realization of like, oh, a mask on our face. That says poo better. Sit gentle um, and poo better is a little bit questionable, but also pretty fucking funny. Yeah. So, so we're people want that. that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm gonna figure out. Want, I'm gonna uh, figure out how to do that. Yeah. Um. Luckily, it's not winter 2020 yet. It's still, <laughs> it's still fall. Oh, so I'm still figuring out the logistics of how to make a mask. Um. Grace will probably tie dye it. Oh yeah. Um, With my avocado seed. <laughs> yeah. My avocado, avocado soup dye. Yes. 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 yes yeah. Yes. So. Do what you guys can to be happy. We f- we formatted this episode differently from the others, where we got we some work done up front. Yeah. Oh, and then we're like, let's randomly start talking about other things at the yeah. end because people uh, were just like, you guys don't talk about the movie, and I was like, have you watched? Do you listen to the whole podcast? They're like, no. And then I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> let's do it the other way then. Yeah, exactly. So now you get the movie, and then if you're still here, you enjoy random random talking uh, from our yeah. random words from our brain. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anything to plug this week, Grace? Absolutely fucking sure. We, uh, well, I don't even know what fucking today is. But on November 21st, which is a Saturday, um, Stories High 20 is going to be released. And it just, we need art, we need theater, we need all these things. And again, like, it's through Bindlestiff, which is our home away from home, our second home. It's where John and I met and, like, many conversations about John Cusack has happened. Um, and again, Stories High is a in-house production where we source from the community, writers, directors, actors, and this is all community built. And so they were able to do this all online this year because of COVID. And we're super excited to see what, um, our community folk have created this year, um, So again, Stories High 20, which is a series of short plays um, showcasing, you know, the talent of of the community, whether that be virtual online or whether that be like local community, meaning San Francisco Bay Area. Mm -hmm. Um, And Saturday, November 21st, 2020, um, 7 p.m., PST, please, if you are interested in going and watching these stories and watching these amazing actors and and directors and writers see their play, um, please go to biddlestiff.org slash backslash, I guess, stories high XX. And there you can um, fill in all your information, donate if you want to donate. Um, we encourage you to donate because <laughs> we'd like the theater to survive. Um, yeah. But, you know, it'll you'll get a link to where you can watch it, and it's going to be an amazing show. And I'm super excited for it. Like, a lot of our friends are in it, our colleagues, people that we have written with, acted with, um, just been around the community with. And it, 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 lo- it looks fucking amazing. 
Yeah. Um, and I'm going to give you that link one more time. Bindlestiffstudio.org backslash stories high XX. Uh, you're coming over on Saturday to watch it. Social distance with mask on and disinfected in the air. Correct? More than likely. Okay. Um, yeah, we're going to have a chicken nugget contest. <laughs> it's not a contest when everyone wins. <laughs> Last time, it, oof, it was rough. It was rough. We got 80 but, chicken nuggets. <laughs> this time, we're getting 100. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. 100 each. Anyway, guys, Ooh. for those of you who have been keeping <laughs> notes, trying to decipher what uh, internet couple Grace has been talking about, yeah. drop it in the comments below. Let us know if you've cracked the mystery. And then if you did, I will give you a, a coupon to our Teespring oh where it doesn't God. do anything because we, we don't have any discounts or anything. But I'll give you a nice crisp high five. Um, so, yeah, some, some, some things aren't worth doing. This is one of them. But definitely let us know if you figured out the mystery of who this internet couple is. Oh God, so um, we're not sure if we're going to do an episode next week. Um, next we might week take Thanksgiving, which was to my surprise because I thought mm -hmm. Thanksgiving was in two weeks. And I was like, oh, wait. Yeah. Wait, to sneak up on me, holiday. God, I can't even, I can't even fathom yeah. what fucking month it is right now, dude. I don't know. So we'll see. It might, it, we might have a surprise. It might be there. It might not. But until we start hear us again, until you hear, <laughs> until us, you again, hear us again, <laughs> until you hear us again, unless you listen to an old episode or however, however this works. Uh, my name is John. And I'm Grace. McBye, guys. McBye. <laughs>